Welcome to the Senior Soup Podcast, the DMV's senior resource hub and premier senior advocacy platform. My name is Raquel Meisset. And I'm Ryan Miner. The soup of the day is home health care. The spotlight is on our special guest, Roxy Laguerre with Inhabit Home Health. Welcome, Roxy. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. How do you define home health care? Home health care is really a wide range of health care services. It's designed to be given in the home, of course, for typically an illness, an injury, or post-surgical procedure. Um, it's actually less expensive and more convenient and just as effective as the kind of care that you would receive in a facility. It's really designed for families and patients to stay at home. That's what the system is really heading towards and what we really want for the patients. A common question that I get all the time coming from a home care agency with a modest senior care <laughs> is what is the difference between home health and home care? I get that question all the time. I always say if you have your left hand out and your right hand out, let's take home care in your left hand and home health in the right. So in the left hand, you have home care, which is what you represent, and that's considered to be a private service dealing with companion care, things such as bathing, dressing, grooming, transportation services, personal needs of the patient in the home. Now, it's also typically private pay. On the contrast, you have on your right hand, home health, which is what I represent. And home health is very different in nature where it's providing a skilled service, meaning you have a clinical level of service from either a nurse, physical therapist, occupational therapist, speech therapist even. Those services are designed to be intermittent throughout the week, two to three times a week, and covered by insurance, typically Medicare and commercial insurance. To follow up on Raquel's question about the differences between home health and home care, talk to us about how people pay for this service. So for home health, Medicare does cover the services at 100%. It's pretty much across the board. I have never heard of a patient who has good old-fashioned traditional Medicare and having any kind of -of out-of-pocket cost associated with it or copay. It's part A correct? Part A, that's right. And we're part B at a noble care because we do more long term. So we go together like peas and carrots. That's right. And what about if you have long-term care insurance? You know, Amada Senior Care specializes in that. Let me tell you about Amada Senior Care. They upfront the cost. Nobody mm. else mm. does that. It's our secret sauce. You mean the waiting period? Once their claim is activated, we don't put the burden on the patient to pay out-of-pocket cost and have them deal with the insurance company to get reimbursed. That is unique. A modest senior care will front the care, and we will take on all of the efforts of doing that. How long does it take to have a physical therapist or an occupational therapist or maybe a speech therapist come inside the home? From the time of a completed referral, it can take as little as 24 hours. I've actually been able to take care for some patients in less than 24 hours, or I should say have a have a clinician come out to them. Less than 24 hours. Wow. <laughs> now, the average is 48. A lot of people don't know this, but that's actually the Medicare law. Patients who are needing home health services should be seen, and that's called timely initiation of care, within 48 hours. Is that a federal regulation? It is. It was heightened even more so, or since they brought to light more so during the COVID pandemic, yeah. because obviously the whole industry really went through a dynamic change with staffing levels. And we actually went through some of that. However, we rebuilt 
that is where we really shine because we will tell our referral sources, such as your Brook Groves, uh, that we expect to re-anticipate to see the patient within X amount of time. So we set the expectation up front so that there's no guesswork left. We all work together like peas and carrots. I keep saying that analogy. We all work like pizza and ranch. Raquel and I love pizza and ranch. Pizza and ranch also, or I'll take an Alabama lyric, like spokes in a wheel. All right. So Roxy, what services are included within home health? Because there are a lot of different components. It can be a lot of moving parts. The services included range from skilled nursing services, which means an RN, a registered nurse, and perhaps also an LPN, a licensed practical nurse, would come to the home, a physical therapist or occupational therapist or a speech therapist. So those are the different clinical levels that are um, considered skilled. Across the board, there are also two other levels of service that can be added on or as needed, and that's social work through a medical social worker, along with home health aides. So those two latter components are not necessarily a skill in and of themselves. A doctor or a hospital can't order those two levels in and of themselves, but they can go along with the other components that are needed for the patient. How do they get home health? Do they have to be coming from the hospital? Does it have to be from a skilled nursing facility? If someone's listening out there and they're thinking, wow, I know someone who could really benefit from home health, how do they go about getting a prescription? That's the key right there. They have to have a prescription. It is written just like just like medications are written. So it has to come from either a doctor, a nurse practitioner, or a physician's assistant. A noble care can certainly help with that process, but if they're already at the hospital and they come in with a PCP, does the discharge planning process, do they typically reach out to their current primary care provider and that doctor signs off on it? Or is it someone internal inside of the facility or the hospital? It's actually the inpatient rounding physicians who have hospital admission rights who write the orders. As part of my role as a patient liaison, we coordinate with the discharge planners in the hospital and we say, who is this patient's community primary care physician? Or in some cases, it could be a neurologist or a cardiologist. And we have to just ensure that that patient is going to be followed by home health because someone's got to be willing to sign off on all the subsequent orders. If someone out there who may not fully comprehend the term occupational therapist, what is their primary responsibilities? Occupational therapy deals typically more with hands and then physical. Jazz hands? Jazz hands. (laughs) And then physical therapy usually deals more with the lower body or the leg. It's not exclusively one or the other. So I did want to back up though to Raquel's earlier question because I think you also asked if someone has to be hospitalized to have home health. No, they don't. They don't have to be in the hospital. They don't have to be in a skilled nursing facility. And this is one of the areas that Medicare is really focusing on is patients can get home health prescribed from their doctor, even if they're still at home. And the reason for that is a lot of chronic illnesses that patients deal with don't require an emergency room visit. They don't have to go to the ER. Diseases like COPD, interstitial lung disease, diabetes. How can it benefit someone to get a prescription from their doctor rather than just wait until they may think they really need it when getting discharged from the hospital or a skilled nursing facility? That is the $64,000 question. (laughs) Why not 65? Well, because it's probably a big misconception, I would imagine, that people think that home health is more of a rescue instead of a preventative method. You're absolutely right. A lot of people think of home health as 
now I have to have this because I just came out of the hospital. And, oh, I have to have this because I just came out of the skilled nursing facility. Yes, that is true. However, the tide is really turning because Medicare wants patients to be treated as much as possible in the home. And that is probably the culture change that we need to have in our society today, which is don't wait until it's too late. Get the prescription from your doctor. If you're having difficulty managing your disease process, whether it's diabetes, COPD, heart failure is a big one because that really goes into details of is it congestive heart failure? Is it uncontrolled hypertension? Is it something valve related? And those are the, the levels that which our clinicians really can help delve into to figure out in the home, what are they doing? Is it a diet modification? Are they taking their medications correctly? Do they need a form of exercise that's more beneficial to them? All those components we can look at right in their own environment. Can you give us some examples of types of doctors that can write these prescriptions? Typically, most think of the primary care physician in the community or internal medicine doc is typically the one who is the the go-to. However, not exclusive to that. There are some neurologists who deal with writing prescriptions for home health because they deal with disease processes such as Parkinson's, dementia, Alzheimer's, even Lewy body disease. There are so many people who are managing and taking care of their loved ones in the home. They don't even know that that can be something, that can be a disease process that's managed in the home with home health and extra hands and eyes for their their loved one. Lewy body is such a terrible disease. My step-grandfather passed away at 72 from Lewy body. It hit quickly and talk about devastating. The good news is with our services, we really are here to help our hospital discharge planners, our skilled nursing facility social workers. As Raquel and I and you always say, we're here to make your job easier. And we really do because that's the bottom line. It is. The more information, the better. The more that the patient has an understanding of what happens next, then I think that that is truly where we make the difference. And that's why I wanted to shift just a bit and talk about process. I feel like sometimes patients are overwhelmed with either what they don't know or what they do know. They're trying to synthesize all of this information. Raquel walks in and she'll talk to them about home care. And then they hear home health. There's all these different terms where we as healthcare professionals need to consider how to change the process or at least make it so much easier is give them a packet that explains it point by point as minimal information as possible, but walk them through the process so that they have no concerns once they're home. Less is more. I think so. I agree. I think that we have to learn as marketers, as educators, the right message to deliver at the right time. You talk to patients inside Roxy, inside hospitals and facilities. They're overwhelmed with information. How do we as professionals do a better job of breaking information down and not making them feel overwhelmed, but also being their guidepost, their guiding light once they are discharged. Not just overwhelmed with all of the options of ways to go, but also the emotions. I mean, these are major life changes and you get to a point that I've witnessed, obviously, that they don't want to lose their independence and they don't want to feel like they're getting old. How do you navigate those conversations and help them feel comfortable and okay through it all? I have a husband who's an educator and he uses analogies a lot. I often use something that everybody can relate to. You need a tune-up. It's time to get a tune-up, just like you would take your car into a shop. So same thing happens with our bodies. Parts break down. Parts get worn out. So it's time to get a tune-up and that's what we're here to do. You can see their bodies all of a sudden they just relax. They start to understand and go, oh, okay, I can relate to that. That's one 
one element in talking to the patient. And also the same kind of ease of conversation should happen with the family member, whether it's a spouse or a brother, sister, what have you. They need to be in the know. They need to be aware of the next steps and what's going on so that strangers aren't entering their loved one's home. We know that we can trust a nurse, a physical therapist, and we know we can trust an Amada Senior Care home care provider, and we know that we can trust an Noble Care physician's assistant or a nurse practitioner. That's the first hurdle sometimes I think in healthcare is communication and breaking down the barriers of the stress of having someone come in their home because maybe they're not ready to have that. It takes a lot for someone of that generation Mm. to break a barrier or to at least build trust. Roxy, let's back up to costs. How long does Medicare typically pay for these services? For the home health services, typically the average patient receives home health for about eight weeks. It's called an episode. Now that's different than some commercial insurances. It can be as little as one or two weeks, depending on the situation. For instance, usually a patient who has a hip or knee surgery, they're probably only going to get service for about one or two weeks on the average, especially your younger Medicare patient at 60, 70. Someone who has a more chronic disease is typically going to be on service six, eight weeks Or in some cases, the patient may start another episode after that eight-week period is over. It really all depends. And again, if you think about it, someone in their 80s, 90s, they may all of a sudden get better with their COPD and that's under control. But oh my gosh, I got diabetes too, and now that's uncontrolled. So that might be another goal that the patient needs to meet with, instead of the COPD being managed by a physical therapist, we might need to have a nurse come in and have them manage the disease process of the diabetes. It can really vary. Sometimes it goes on for yet another eight weeks in addition to the initial period. And this is where a home care agency like Amada Senior Care works really well with our home health partners because when they're done with these eight weeks, you got to say, unfortunately, I'm sorry, but these services aren't covered under your insurance anymore. But hey, I know a great home care agency that can come in and help you with that non-medical care that you'll still need, like bathing and dressing and grooming and all the fun, amazing things things to keep you home and safe and comfortable. And that's why I love partnering with Inhabit Home Health because you guys have been really great partners with that transition. We know working in in the industry that it's not just us. We have to communicate not amongst provider to provider, but also even within our own teams. It's a standard. All of the business development people like myself that are patient liaisons that are non-clinical, we are involved in our weekly case conference with our clinical team. And the reason that's so important is because guess what? Who gets the call from the physician? We do as the Mm -hmm. liaison. So we have to know our patients and we have to know what's going on with them. I want to shine a light on Inhabit Home Health for a second here. Can you tell us how Inhabit is different? than other home health agencies? Uh, One of the areas that we really shine is in outcomes. What that really means is when a patient has reached his or her goals, there's a series of documentation that's done ranging from an episode report, and it shows all of the medication reconciliations that have been done. It also shows their therapy progress or if the patient had a wound in some way, what specific treatments were done for the wound, if there were certain types of durable medical equipment prescribed to the patient, and then they were taught how to use that cane or that walker or that wheelchair or a hospital bed, or if we had to make sure that their oxygen prescription was being utilized properly. All of those components are included in an actual report. 
and we give it to the doctor and we say, would you like this for your chart? They're really blown away because most home healths don't do that. Another question I wanted to bounce back on is what can a patient expect when they are on a physical therapy or occupational therapy plan? That can really range widely because the goals of each patient are designed to be very individualized. So the, the initial visit, the whole goal is to come up with the just right plan of care. Who sets that up? That would be the start of care clinician, okay. whether it's a nurse or a therapist or even a speech therapist, depending on the issues at hand. And do you, Roxy, see that plan and can communicate that to families, or is that more geared towards the clinical side once they start? It's more geared towards the clinical side. I can see it in the form of that report that I mentioned a moment ago. The patients receive workbooks. You know, we were talking earlier about how someone might need a tune-up, kind of using that analogy of the car. I've seen your, you showed me those workbooks, and they are amazing. They really are. They have been written by our senior clinicians at the executive team. Is that it right there? Yes, it is. So one of them here I have in front of me is fall prevention. Hmm. And But they all follow a basic format where it explains, in this example, the workbook. It's just a small, you know, 50, 60-page workbook. <laughs> it may sound like a lot, but if you're only going through it two, three, four pages at a time on a visit, we just break that meal down into small uh, bites. If you're a frequent follower, or if you're trying to help reduce the risk of falls, the patient or the loved one needs to know, well, how do we do that? So first of all, we have to help them how to get up from a fall and how do we address the fear of falling? And then what are some of the treatments that are really effective to reduce those falls? My favorite page is our home safety page. It's like a checklist of all the spots in the house that can be triggers for falls. Is that more on the occupational side? It's actually a combination of physical and occupational. Again, depending on what their falls are resulting from. If it's a shoulder injury, maybe it's occupational. But if it's more of a hip or a knee issue, then it's probably going to involve physical therapy. We covered a lot today. What are the three most important points you'd like people to take away from this topic of home health that would help them feel more confident in knowing and understanding what home health is. I am a big believer that you have to be your own advocate for your own care. If you can't speak for your own needs, do your prep work now and get a loved one or a trusted friend or neighbor who you know you can count on in an emergency who's going to have your back. Plan ahead and also making sure that ER or the emergency room, it's not always the first answer. You know, the goal of home health is to keep patients at home and try to avoid them going to the hospital. And that's where home health comes in. We can help keep you comfortable where you want to be. Don't suffer with chronic pain. You don't need to suffer. You can reach out for help and educate yourself on the diabetes disease, but it's manageable and you can still have an active life. And then again, I can't stress enough, when you are your own advocate, don't be afraid to ask questions when you meet with your provider. I wanted to tell you, Roxy, we heard very similar takeaways from Margie Hackett. One of her takeaways was call your doctor, talk to your doctor, get ahead of this right away to understand what the plan is. Healthcare really is a journey. And Mm -hmm. with a journey, you have to have a plan to get to point A to point B. It's basic logistics. And so I see us as logistical interceptors. You like that? I do like that. Ooh, that sounds... We're we're all in this together. We are all in this together. And finally, we always like to give you the resources that you need to find what you're looking for If you go to your Google machine, Google E-H-A-B, that's echohotelalphabravo.com, and you can learn all about Inhabit 
home health care. All right, I think that's a wrap. Just as a reminder, new episodes of the Senior Soup podcast are released every Monday at 9 a.m. Well, thank you, Raquel and Roxy. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you coming on, and I think you're a wealth of knowledge. We share a common passion for health care, for serving our community by providing... Absolutely. We all want to provide the best customer service and resources available. That's the whole point of the Senior Soup, connecting our community with resources that are accessible, easy to find, easy to read information, so they can make long-term healthcare decisions. I hope I got that right, Raquel. You sure did. Awesome. This was a lot of fun. It sure was. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, thank you all for listening to the Senior Soup Podcast. If you want to reach out to us, you can connect with us at contact at the Senior Soup dot com folks guess what we're on spotify we're on apple podcast we are on tune in we are on amazon music and speaking of amazon if you say to your amazon alexa machine amazon alexa play the senior soup podcast raquel's voice will be the first voice you hear the senior soup we wait for that in the entire the entire episode. It's so bad. Visit theseniorsoup.com for more information. You can read our blog. Soon you're going to see we have an entire resource directory where you can find more information, especially about home health, home care, and skilled nursing. We're going to have it all up on the website. Thank you all so much for listening. Be well and take care of one another.